coming up on this episode of the Aztec Breakdown Podcast. My name is Austin Bolton, and I will be hosting today with Mr. Aztec Breakdown himself, Trone. We get into the good win against Nevada on Wednesday night, do a little homer and hater, you know, just have an overall great discussion. I mean, Trone has been killing it uh, with everything he's doing for East Village Times, everything he's throwing out on Twitter. He's just been throwing himself into it, and it really shows. And it was just a really great conversation, talking hoops. I loved it. It was uh, getting back to the roots a little bit. But before we get started, don't forget to rate, like, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow Trone and the show at Aztec Breakdown. You can follow me at It's Austin Bolton. You can follow Carly at Car Car McGee. You can follow Jacob at Aztec Analytics and Kyle at Call Me Kinslow. Quick plug for the We Believe Network. Go follow them at We, we Believe Net. Um, but yeah, it's a good conversation. Let's get after it. Shepard was asking for it for three. Well, he caught it, didn't he? He was begging. Oh, what a play by Matt Mitchell. To Watson. Sees a lane, takes it underneath. Montana three. This is a clinic. This is Aztec basketball. Friends, we are back with another edition of the Aztec Breakdown podcast. You're getting two of us today. Uh, like I said in the intro, you have me, Austin, and Trone is joining us. Trone, you've gone solo the last couple times. How how you doing today? It's, you know, it's a solid day. It's a solid day. It's always a better day when you have someone to pod with, Austin. That just always makes it better. So we're doing good. Hey, man, you are the Colin Cowherd of, uh, or Ryan Rosillo of the Aztec Breakdown podcast, the way you can go solo with those and do such a good job with them. Well, I appreciate it. All right. Let's get into it. Busy, busy time for the Aztecs. It's uh, they have a break coming up, which I think is needed. I think for everybody involved. But um, the Aztecs won last night against Nevada. Bounce back, seventy-one fifty-nine. Trone, what's your headline? Headline uh, is gonna be something along the lines of like I don't know. I was kind of disappointed watching the game a little bit, and I might have just not been in the right headspace. But I think the headline will be something like Aztecs struggle but come out on top at home or something like that something real basic it was just it just you know i and if i like take a step back and think about it it's probably actually solid but it was just man watching the game just was a bit of a struggle and it just felt like it was nowhere near where this team could be i think is what it was and so that aspect was disappointing i think you know it's funny it's a, Dutch mentioned this in his press conference that I watched a little bit ago, and it's just a game of runs, and they had a run, and those guys have some really solid scores. I mean, Blackshear, the way he gets in that post, old school Mark Jackson style, and backs it down and can pass out of it and hit those fadeaways, I mean, that's like straight 90s basketball right there. And it has a soft spot in my heart for it. It, it does. Like, <laughs> he does it well, and... You know, Lucas is, you know, Lucas is good at being the villain. Like, I mean, I think, I think everybody at Aztec Nation would agree on that. Um, I think it was easy to remember that Darian was out last night too, right? Like, I think yep. when, it's easy back, to forget that. The game, it's easy to forget. But I think my, my headline is Aztecs outrun the pack. 
because when the Aztecs got out and ran a little bit last night, because Nevada was doing such a good job mucking it up in the half court and not mm-hmm. really denying Jaden the ball on the post and making the entry passes hard, when the Aztecs actually got out and ran, that's when they had the last run there at the end of the game to to put it away. I mean, in the second half, they I mean Nevada only beat the Aztecs by two in the second half. So considering they were up 14 in the first half, like I think it was, that's just where it's just pretty even in the second half. And, you know, maybe the Aztecs left a little bit off, I guess, but Nevada's a good team. They have the firepower and I thought they did a good job of keeping um, Davidson in check because I was the most nervous. I think about Davidson in that game. So yeah. let's get into the guys. Um, you know, what can you say about Jane Ledee? Just once again, just super efficient night. 22 points on 7 of 9 shooting, 8 for 12 from the free throw line, 12 rebounds. He really did his best Michael Cage performance, you know, on Michael Cage night with Judy Porter and Milky Phelps as well. I mean, what do you, what do you think about Jane Ledee's performance? I think it's, it's really impressive when – if, if you're on Twitter at all during the game or if you see the tweets afterwards or whatever, right, you see people talk about how uh, the other teams are double teaming him and that, you know, they're going to keep on doing that. And it makes it sound like the double team is really working, right? Like, it, like after the last two games, the general consensus among the people that kind of talk about the sport like we do is that you have to send double teams at Jaden. Um, you can't really wait for it. You have to send the double on the catch. You can't wait for him to dribble or do anything else. You have to do it on the catch and just get the ball out of his hands. And that that's the way to go because that's what's going to slow him down. And then you look at his stat line and him being slowed down was 22 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, I think that is very indicative of just the type of player he is. Uh, the, The nitpicky part of me would point out he had zero assist and five turnovers. So that's not great by any stretch, but ultimately uh, 22 points on nine shots, you can afford to have a few turnovers and still be a very efficient offensive player. So that's, I mean, it's like you said, what what can we say about Jaden that hasn't already been said? That's all I got. What do you got? I mean, the five turnovers is a touch concerning. And just that, he's still finding his way and navigating a million a million guys around him. Whereas as soon as he catches the ball at the free throw line, both his guy and then both guys on the wing crash on him. And that's, that's a brand new thing for him. But if he just forces that shot instead, he's then seven of 14, 50%, 22 points. You know, if he's just forcing that shot, that's still a really good stat line from an efficiency standpoint. If he just, instead of maybe barreling into guys and, trying to get fouls and he definitely gets fouled on every play, but it's just, we have to accept as a fan base at this point, he's going to get fouled every time and they're only going to call so many fouls. I mean, he still drew seven fouls last night. He still basically almost got, he got into the bonus by himself basically. And so, you know, just kind of learning a little bit more, just getting a feel for just how much attention he's getting is going to be something that he progressively gets better throughout the season. But if you, like I said, if you just add the turnovers to miss like a missed shot, essentially because of how they're crashing on him, it's still a super efficient night, and I'm, I'm not that worried about it. Yeah. 
All right, let's move on to Reese Waters. Uh, not quite as efficient night as he usually has, but it was nice to see him make some shots. He was a team high plus 17. He did have 14 points. He was 3 of 10 from the field, 2 for 6 from 3. Did miss two free throws, 6 for 8. It kind of The bug kind of caught everybody on the free throw line. But he he stepped in for that Micah Parrish role. We're off the wing getting a bunch of rebounds at 7 rebounds. He did he did mention in the postgame show with John Schaefer that he's still feeling it, doesn't want to use an excuse, but he – acknowledge that you know he's still having to do a lot of work on his body but i thought it was a nice a nice night from reese and good to see him back and you know he'll definitely need be needed against uh those boys from boise yeah yeah he is is definitely coming along right and i think it's if you just look at kind of the box scores you can tell that that injury is kind of lingering he just doesn't look like the same player offensively uh, shooting three of 10 from the field isn't, isn't a great look, especially when we consider what he was doing in the non-conference season. Um, I think the team has, has really missed his production offensively, which is another thing that's kind of impressive because they still scored 71 points against, against a, a pretty good defense in Nevada. Uh, but if if there is a way, and there might not be a way to get him fully healthy, honestly, because sprains are just tough to deal with. Um, but hopefully, after after that break, after the Wyoming game, he can get some rest and some treatment and and come back closer to what he was before the injury. Because I think the team really needs him in that role that he was doing before. Yeah, I mean, we're going to need the points from him because he's going to be the one that spaces the floor on the double teams, right? He's the best shooter. I think they need to run. I think this is a pretty common thing. I know Kyle's been all over this on Twitter. It's like they got to run some of those Jordan Shackle sets for him, get him those threes. And they're doing it a lot more on the on the baseline out-of-bounds plays. Like they're running those, the multi-screen Reggie Miller run from one corner to the other plays. Uh, but I thought he played, but you know, I, I thought he played great defense last night. I thought he did a really good job. They switched a lot more last night because of Blackshear and Lucas. They switched a lot more than, than they, they had been for obvious reasons. And they did a really good job and he didn't, he seemed pretty nimble on, you know, on that leg and the ankle, um, when it came to just switching and playing D and playing on Lucas and all of, all of that stuff that comes with it. So he's, he'll be fine. And again, just an outstanding addition. Did you, I, I don't know if you saw this or not. There was this USC blog who ripped, ripped Andy Enfield because of the development that Reese Waters has had at San Diego state under Brian Dutcher. And they were like, where was this guy when he was here? Did you, did you right. see that one? I did not. I did not see that. And it is, it is a question worth asking. And I think, I mean, to a certain extent last year, right. He was, he was hurt. I think also, so that is part of it, but yeah, it's it's a question worth asking. I think anytime a player leaves your program and starts to get, especially if it's like significantly better in a different program, right? To a certain extent, Aztec fans could ask that about Keisha Johnson. I don't think Johnson's leap has been as significant as Waters has been, right? I think it's just a little bit different role and a, and a different system more than anything. Um, whereas Waters has been significantly better, I think. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a fair question. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the key shot thing is funny because he's just, they're just playing so fast and he gets to the corner and he's hitting the threes and the shot looks good. Um, we don't need to wade into those waters though. We've seen enough. I've seen no. enough of that on no. the internet. Um, 
Um, all right, moving on. Let's talk. I think the unsung hero of the night, I think, is Lamont Butler. He played 35 minutes. He had 10 points, four of nine shooting. Uh, he was second on the team in plus minus for 16. I think the key stat for Lamont, well, he did end up with three fouls, but he had zero fouls in the first half. And I thought it was a fabulous adjustment by Lamont to kind of know exactly what his role was because he has faced some foul trouble this year. He has played a little too aggressively. Mm-hmm. And if he would have gotten in foul trouble in the first half, this game would have looked way different. And for Lamont to make that adjustment and not foul, but play good defense and and just kind of, and just really play controlled to where he wasn't taking a silly foul because there was nobody really behind, you know, the, the usual Darian to come in for him wasn't, wasn't there. I, I thought Lamont's adjustment on the defensive side may have been the biggest thing in that game outside of Jaden Ledeen. It could, I still, it could maybe actually be the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have much to add to that. I don't think it, that was my, like one of the big concerns coming into the game when they said Tramel was, was out with a, with a sickness. I was worried that Butler was going to get into foul trouble because Nevada is a really good team at drawing fouls. It's kind of what they do. They're like seventh in the nation, or maybe now it's dropped down a little bit after last night, but they're really good. So I was really worried that Butler was going to get into foul trouble and the team was going to flounder without him. Um, But yeah, he, he made the adjustment. The, uh, the scoring still isn't, quite as efficient as I think we would have hoped, especially in the preseason. And a large part of that is because of the free throws. It's uh, very weird. It's a, it's weird. It's a weird it, thing. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just like, they look great. His form is fantastic. I, it's, it's just, it's weird. I, I, I don't I, know what else to say at this point. Yeah. Know? And I was kind of around the time of the Gonzaga game. I was starting to think, I think he had a stretch of a few games there where he got it up in like the 60%. Like there was a five game stretch where he was shooting 60% from the line. And I was like, great. He's getting it. He's getting it back. Like 60% still isn't great for a guard, but it's better than, you know, at one point early in the season, it was like 29%. Um, last night was, you know, two for six or so 33%. Uh, I don't know what it might take to fix that. And, and I've been saying before that, like it, there might be some type of injury there. Um, or mental thing. Who knows what it is Uh, on the, on the positive side, three assists to zero turnovers is fantastic. Cause that's one of his problems throughout his entire career has been turnover issues. And those have been way down this year, the amount of turnovers. So the scoring is down, but the turnovers are also down. It's not exactly a wash, but you know, it's not, it's not all bad. No, I think he's still having I mean, an outstanding season. I mean, his metrics defensively are crazy good still. Yeah. I mean, he's still an elite defender. Um, I thought a good adjustment last night was they they played Saunders on Blackshear to put a little physicality and size on Blackshear when Blackshear would try to post him up and go down low. I think that probably helped a little bit with the foul trouble. Um, but uh, Lamont, Lamont's, Lamont's not scared. He's a warrior. Dutch used that term last night. He's a warrior, but but the thing is, Lamont's not scared, and when the big moments come, you know he'll be he'll be fine. And you know, just like last night, the free throw thing last night was that the missing the free throws was a bug that everybody caught, and so I think Lamont got a little caught up in that too because in the first half everybody was breaking up. The Aztecs actually got got it back to pretty respectable free throw numbers considering how bad it's. I think they started like four of twelve. 
they ended up 22 yeah. or 34. So like they did bring it back on a good yeah. percentage in the second half. So, all right. Any other notable kind of box score analytics things that caught your eye before, before we move on? Uh, it's not box score or analytics, but Micah Parrish, man, is, is an enigma to me this year. He, I feel like he's so good when he just goes out and plays basketball, but I feel like every game I'm noticing more and more him trying to take on the role of a Jalen house or a Jared Lucas, where he's trying to be this antagonist, this, this, you know, try to be the bad guy and, and, and get the other team riled up to make mistakes, but he just kind of riles himself up and then it causes problems. Like he should have, he, the Aztecs really lucked out. Because he, I don't know what Jerry Lucas said, but Micah Parrish just shoved him dead ball and the refs just didn't see it. And I was like, that should have been a technical. Like the Aztecs just got super lucky that they didn't see that. Um, that one play could potentially have like changed the entire feel of the game because now Lucas is fired up because he's like, yeah, I'm getting in your head and Parrish has to go sit out and all these different things. Um, it's it's And then like a couple minutes later when Parrish was like, I'm just going to play he came down and he hit one of like the four threes they hit in the entire game. So I was like, this is what we need you to do. Like play good defense and shoot your shots. You're a good player. You're a good scorer. Focus on doing that and not the, not the, the antics of it all. Right. You don't need to be Jalen house, be Micah Parrish, just play your game. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm in the best headspace, Austin right now. I'm not going to lie, but it's, I just feel like so much more negative than I usually am, but that's, that's where we are right now. Um, yeah, he's that very, was that was my big other noticing. He's very lucky he didn't get a technical last night, and I think the, I think the, 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 the basketball gods got us back on some. We finally got a little home cooking. There was another one where I think Micah kind of brushed the guy's face that they didn't call. And, yeah, um, got his face and his arm free, all in the same play. Free throw disparity. The th- free throw disparity was thirty four seventeen. I mean. They did foul and they should call them, but you know, just I, I've I've gotten to the point with these Mountain West refs or the West Coast consortium of them is like it will balance each other out because the home crowds are so crazy, like you have to anticipate it. And one of the things we talked about, I don't remember if I was potting with you or Carly, like the New Mexico game was like we were gonna have a game where we weren't gonna get the foul calls. We're, and we've been relying on free throws, and it was gonna snowball in the way that it snowballed in the way that it did. And it was the New Mexico game, so you know, hopefully, we don't see too many more of those. But like Boise, probably going to be a free throw disparity. Utah State, probably going to be a free throw. Like we got to be prepared for that, and like we also have to just adjust and play through it, and not let it simmer in in the mood yeah. of watching these games and for the guys playing and coaching in them. So. I thought, you know, the one thing that stuck out to me is even knowing the lead dwindled during this time when Lamont cut his hand, I felt comfortable with Bird playing the point guard. It got a little clunky because it's not what they're usually used to doing, but I thought he looked ready for it. He wanted it. You could tell that he was like, all right, like, here's my chance. And it wasn't the cleanest offense I've ever seen, but you got kind of a look at what it's going to be maybe next year. And it made me excited for, it. I mean, granted again, it, the, it was like minus 12 during that stretch of time, but like, I still really, I liked what I saw from him. 
I still love how he's flying around. He's lightning in a bottle and he, I just, I just love his game. I just love his game. I just, I can't get enough miles bird. What do you think about miles performance when he stepped in? Yeah. His, his defense is there and it has been pretty much all season. He's super disruptive. And I feel like normally if a player is that disruptive, they can often kind of play themselves out of the play and, he he does it occasionally. Everybody who's that disruptive does it occasionally, but he doesn't do it nearly as much as I would think, given how many like steals and blocks he gets. So that's always super entertaining to watch him wrap around guys and poke the ball out or just come out of nowhere for a weak side block. That's always a lot of fun. The offense is definitely coming along. Um, I think he hit one of the threes last night, didn't he? I think that was relatively early. Yeah. Yeah, he was one one for four from behind the arc. Um, it was it was coming along. I mean, you know, the offense definitely stalled when he was out there. I think him getting the experience is, is good. Uh, I don't know how much of it is encouraging in and of itself, but it's encouraging that he's getting out there and getting the reps and he can, he can learn from them, right? Even if it wasn't the prettiest, sometimes like those are – maybe not better to learn from, but easier to learn from, I feel like. So it's uh, something to build on. And and I don't know if he'll be running the show a lot next year. I feel like they'll probably try and bring in a transfer, but uh, two years from now could definitely be the case. Yeah, I just, I yeah, I think he's, his defense is un, unbelievable. And just if he can just get a little more consistent and just finish at the rim and, you know, maybe utilize a pump fake here or there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're per- they 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 stay way off of him on the three point line, but he's feeling more comfortable. You can see he's feeling more comfortable. I mean, he's been averaging. I, I don't have the exact number, but he's definitely getting about twenty minutes a game this last stretch, where he kind of played him out, played himself out of the games, the early games. Especially you talk about getting himself out of position on defense in those first couple games. He was riding guys' hips, and they were kind of going by him. He's kind of learned to where he can play a little cat and mouse with them. And he's gotten a lot better about that where he can kind of glide with them and then block him. Whereas at the beginning of the season, he was still finding the game speed. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, Trone. What? Let's move ahead. What was your favorite play from the game? Sheesh, man. My favorite play um, was in the second half and I think the score just a minute before had been like 53 to 53 and the Aztecs went down and they, they hit a shot and then they got a stop and Reese waters hit a corner three in transition. Uh, and that was a play that I was like, okay, like this game can be okay. These guys can still settle in. Cause I was, I was very much in a dark place and I was like, these guys just don't have the composure and like they built up this lead and they, they lost it again, but this time they're at home with the whistles and it's still happening. What is going on? I was all in, in my own headspace. Um, and then waters hit that three and I was like, okay, it's going to be okay. They can do this. And then like the funny part was after that, Nevada tied it again. Like they had their own little mini five Oh run, but then the Aztecs pulled away after that. So it, it ended up working out, but that play was kind of what gave me hope. I was in a dark place when that happened too. And that was the play I actually picked, but that was probably the loudest yell I had all game because I was like, it's like, Oh, it's, they're still controlling it. They're just making a little run. And then all of a sudden it's tied. 
Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, like this is real. Like this, this, them blowing this is a, is a real, I didn't think it was a real possibility until it was like down to four. I was like, ah, oh, like they're, right. they're going on their run. They're going on their run. And then it got to four and it kind of stayed at four. And then they got to two, then it was up to, and then they tied it. And I was like, I was pretty stressed at that point when he hit that three, that was about as animated as I got during that game. But I also, you know, switch it up back in the, cause that was a good fast break play. I mean, the give and go Jaden to Reese back to Jaden was Showtime Laker-esque, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. little Barkley, yeah, little Barkley off to Kevin Johnson back, you know, for a little Phoenix Suns action. I thought mm-hmm. that was great. I, you know, I loved how, you know, I loved how they ran. Um, I love how they used the fast break to their advantage. You know, we were texting a little bit about that last night where it's like, man, it's so beautiful when they do it, but it's tough in the Mountain West and all of those things. So that was definitely my favorite play of the game. So, all right, moving on. Let's go to just Homer and Hater. If you're new here, it's an irrational take, both on the positive side and on the negative side. Trone, dealer's choice. What are you starting with, Homer or Hater? I always like to start with Hater because that lets you finish on a positive note. It's an old, it's an old trick I learned working with youth. So we're starting with the Hater. Uh, hater take. This team is not winning the conference. I'm sorry, Austin. I'm sorry, everybody listening. This is not a Mountain West championship caliber team. They they don't have the composure we're used to seeing from Aztecs teams, right? They kind of, they've, they've wilted under pressure multiple times. Um, and some of it is, is luck-based, absolutely, because they, they uh, have a lot of injuries and sicknesses and all sorts of things, right? So earlier in the year, they looked better, uh, but now Waters sprained ankle bird turf toe Tramel was out last game. Who knows if he's going to be ready by Boise, right? If it's something that, that lingers um, plus Tramel was hurt at the beginning of the year. And I don't know if he's ever quite been a hundred percent yet. Powell has his broken nose. Granted he played well last night, but you know, there's just so many injuries plus possible Butler injury that we mentioned that just hasn't ever been reported, but could explain his free throw shooting. So many different things combined with, with, the meltdown at New Mexico and then letting Nevada back into the game last night, the way they did. Uh, yeah, this team, I, that's the hater take. I don't know if they're going to do it. I don't think they are. Flaming hot. I can feel it through my computer screen. It's good. That's real good. I mean, <laughs> the league's so top heavy. And if they can't steal a couple on the road because they're, because they, they will, t- they will t- under the heat. I don't think you're wrong. Uh, but they got they got time to prove they got time to prove you wrong, and I hope they I hope they clip that That's out and play it as they, as they get in there. My hater is on myself because I I truly was wrong on the value of Nathan Mensa on this team. I was like, oh, like either way, like it'll free up the offense if he if he leaves, and it'll be fine. And like you know, he obviously he's a great defender. And like I, I just so much undersold what Nathan Mensah did for this team, and yeah. it shows. Like it's just, it's, it's just changed the whole defense. And they, they did lock down last night, but you know, going back since I haven't potted since before, like the New Mexico game, like God, they could have you really used Nate. Like his absence, I think, is more felt than anybody that left. You know, like they've kind of filled a lot of the other spots for those. For those roles, I think I think there's a little bit of AG that people on the floor that that's missed, but 
my goodness, do they miss Nathan Mensa? And I was just dead wrong on that. So I'm hating on myself because Nate Mensa, I mean, obviously he's getting a lot of time in the league. And, you know, if he was kind of playing that five right now with Jaden at the four, you know, who knows what this thing looks like. And I think that's, that's some of the stuff that they're still figuring out. And when they give up runs, it's, it's because they just don't have quite the defensive versatility that they've had before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Aztecs, I want to pull it up now and see what they were. I think they were like a top 10 defense or something every year with Nathan Mensa, except for his freshman year. I'm trying to pull it up real quick or top. What is it? They were top 21 was the lowest they had outside of Nathan Mensa's freshman year. So once he like was in the starting lineup for good, the worst the defense ever was, was 21st and it topped out at second in the nation. Um, I also think he, I, I feel like Ziegler had mentioned this a couple times that he was one of the locker room leaders, not so much in a raw, raw type of way, but he was one of the leaders in a more chemistry and like almost like a spiritual kind of way. Um, I might be confusing that with AG. Maybe, maybe it was both of them, but either way, um, yeah, he meant, he meant a lot. And I spent a lot of time talking with many people on the, on the Twitterverse about, uh, how, how the defense that he brings matters. And people would always complain about how he's not scoring enough. And I was like, I get that, but it's well worth it considering the defense he brings. And it's just harder to see that if you're just watching, um, casually or even if you're watching intently sometimes it's hard to see those things like i when i'm watching these games i often have to slow them down and re-watch multiple times to see everything that's happening on any given play because it's just hard to see all the little details and he would just get so many of them of them right so often of the time it's yeah he's he's missed and the team is still doing great they're 20th in defense this year so they're they're chugging along they're still up there um, and the offense has been a little bit better and honestly would be even more so better if not for all the injuries and stuff. Like they were up higher earlier in the year when guys like Parrish and Waters were in and, and Saunders, even to a lesser extent, were hitting their shots. Um, but yeah, Nathan Mensa is definitely, you know, despite the lack of store, scoring, he's one of the all time greats, I think for sure. Yeah. All right. I'll rip my, my Homer off here real quick and then uh, send it back to you. But my Homer is, the coaches know what they're doing on the starting lineup. Don't touch the starting lineup. Elijah Saunders should still be starting. He, and you know, there's a lot of chatter about, oh, well, Pals had a lot of great minutes and he has, but I mm-hmm. think their roles where they are, are exactly perfect. If you look at all the two man, the best two man lineups um, for the Aztecs, Elijah's in the top two of those. And then he's in the top, like those top two for the Aztecs are in the top 10 of the mountain West or something like that, where it's a very high amount where he's playing that glue role. He's, you know, he's fitting that that fifth scoring option slot very well where, um, you know, he's hitting, you know, he's getting trailer threes. I know he hasn't been hitting them like he would, like we want him to, but they look good. Like I'm confident in his form and that they're going to go in. And as his role increases in the future and he gets more touches, I think he's going to just be in more rhythm. But don't touch the starting lineup. The coaches know what they're doing. The rotation the rotation is solid. Like they've got the rotation exactly where I think they want it. Sands, Darian, Tremel's injury. Don't touch the starting lineup. I love the starting lineup. I think it's working. And then with Bird, Pal coming off the bench, Heidi spells Jaden three minutes each half. And then um, 
Darian, I think it's just don't mess with it. So don't mess with the starting lineup. Sean, you're shaking your head yes, so you agree with me. I, well, I wanted to ask you that and I forgot. It was one of the things that I was supposed to write down and I didn't and I knew I'd forget and guess what? I forgot. Um, I wanted to ask you about that um, because I do think it's an interesting discussion and it's it's one that uh, Chris over at, at East Village Times brought brought up and he wrote an article about it and I recommend going and reading it. It's a well-written piece. Um and I think somebody in the presser last night, I want to say it was Ziegler, but don't quote me on that, asked Coach Dutcher if Powell should be starting. And Do- Dutcher hit his, you know, we could have all predicted what he would say. He said, you know, it doesn't matter who starts, it matter who finishes. Um, and you and I have had that conversation on this show before. We're like, yeah. yes, but also it's not that simple, right? Um, but I, I do think it's an interesting discussion and I think – Ultimately, you want to start the best five guys, right? So, like, is Powell, especially over the last five or so games, has he been a better player than Saunders? Yeah, that argument can be made. But that doesn't mean necessarily that he's fit the lineup the best. And I think you want to start the best lineup. And it sounds like um, Saunders is still the best guy for that for that role. So, yeah, I think it's a great take. I will say, though, that he, he must have missed two switches in the second half because both Jaden had said something to him and somebody else said something to him. And then he was immediately pulled for the rest of the game until they gave Pal a quick breather before the four minute timeout. And then Pal came immediately back in. So there was definitely something a little bit there, but um, I, I still love his game and I still think he fits in what they want to do with the starters as like a catch and shoot guy. I think I'd still rather have Saunders as a catch and shoot fifth option than Pal, which is the spark plug that's crashing offensive boards and being that spark plug off the bench. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Tron, give me your homer take. Homer take is, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Jacob and I, but so many people have the same avatar of Lamont Butler hitting the shot. I get confused sometimes. So apologies if it wasn't Jacob, both to Jacob and whoever I was talking to. Um, but we were, we were on Twitter last night talking about, how bad the defense looked for a stretch there. Uh, you know, you meant, you just mentioned Saunders missed a couple switches. Uh, there were a couple other things that happened and there were guys getting wide open in the corner and guys wide open under the basket. And it was, it was more than two plays. It, it, it certainly felt like, like it was a big stretch of like five minutes or something like that, where the defense just looked absolutely awful. Like I would, I would have sworn Austin, you and I could have gone out there and scored some points against that defense, which is saying something. Cause I'm not good at basketball. <laughs> um, and then after the, the, the Homer is after that, after having that experience of just feeling like the defense was playing so bad for such a large stretch of time, they still held this high powered, Nevada offense to 59 points on, on 64 possessions. So really, really good defensive efficiency in that regard. Um, their defensive, like the Ken Palm rating actually improved on defense because they, they overshot their, their projection there. So it's really encouraging when you can focus so much on all these, all these bad aspects of what's happening. And then at the end of the day, look up and be like, actually, if we take a step back, that was still really good. They had a terrible stretch, but that just means the other 35 minutes of the game, they were absolutely locked down. And that's really encouraging. Yeah. The defense is definitely getting more focused. It seems like um, 
they've definitely ramped it up. Um, and anytime you give up 88 points at New Mexico, there's definitely going to be a heightened. That's the outlier. That game's the outlier, right? But you know, anytime they do that, I'm sure they're going to tighten things up. But other than that game, I thought the defense has been very good lately, and they're still top 20. Mm-hmm. It's funny we're we're complaining like, oh, like this team misses Nathan Mensah so much, and it's true, and I feel it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we're like. This is these are champagne problems, right? We're down to twentieth. Like it's one spot, you know, and it's um I think it's the defense is looking great. So just one last thing before we move on to looking forward to the Boise game. On a scale of one to ten, how worried are you about the shooting and scoring droughts that seemed like the offense was clicking kind of earlier in the season and now we've gotten back to we've maybe regressed a little bit and we're seeing these traditional Aztecs scoring droughts of three or four minutes at a time. Yeah, it's, it's a little, it's a little nerve wracking. Um, not, not going to lie. Uh, Kyle was on Twitter earlier today. Maybe it was yesterday talking about, you know, how the team's going to bounce back, how he's not worried about it. And that was encouraging to hear. Um, I was not, as confident. I, I don't know that it'll be as bad as it's necessarily been all the time, but it's, it's hard to determine like how much of it is, was the hot start, like a hot start, right? Like the one that they were never really going to sustain versus how much of it is like what they're doing is, is also not what they're going to sustain. And I don't know if I'm quite saying that right. I'm, it's troublesome to formulate my thoughts here, but I, I guess what I would say is I don't think they're going to get back to that level. They were at the beginning of the year where both waters and parish. And I think Saunders also for a little while, they were all shooting like better than 40% from three. Uh, they've all, they've all dropped down. Saunders has dropped down to 30 Hopefully he can bump that up a little bit. I believe he can. He was a good shooter in high school, so he should be able to bump that up. I I don't know exactly what's happening there. It could just be, you know, simple, like statistical variance. Waters is at 37, so hopefully he can keep it at around that level. And Parrish is down to 36. Parrish is the one who's been concerning me most, and I kind of touched on that earlier, so I'm not going to dive into that too much. But the Aztecs really need shooting around Jaden Ladee. And it's, it's a couple things. It's one, they have to make the shot when, when they take it and they've been struggling with that. They, what was it last night? Like 21% from, from behind the arc. Yeah. I think they were five at 21 last night. 20, 24%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, so that's, that's not going to cut it most nights and it, it did last night. And, and luckily the defense was able to pick them up. But if they're having a night where, the whistle isn't as favorable kind of like at New Mexico, right? New Mexico was another game that they, that they could have used that outside shot. It was better. They shot 32%, um, but it was another night. And I think a couple of those were actually garbage time shots by bird. So for most of the game, it was not even that good. Uh, It was another night that they, they could have used better shooting because it's just going to make the defense have to make tougher decisions about how and when to double Jaden Ladee. So that's number one. Um, is they have to make the shots when they take them. But they also, one thing I noticed last night was the whole swing swing aspect wasn't great. And so what I mean by that is Jaden would get doubled and he would see it and he would kick back out to the perimeter, which fantastic. That's what you're supposed to do. But the defense is going to be locked in against the Aztecs every game because they were just in the national championship. And so they were like pre-rotating 
and they were doing Nevada was doing a fantastic job of it. But what that means is you just have to move the ball faster than they're moving. So when Jaden kicks it out, that player then has to make the next pass. And sometimes that second player then needs to make another pass before you can find the open guy. And they weren't doing that. Jaden would kick it out and that guy would just hold on to the ball, whoever it was, um, which just lets the defense get set again, right? Like if, if you're just standing there holding the ball, you're just letting the defense catch up. And it's, it's, I used to complain about that with Winston Shepard a lot, despite how much I love Winston Shepard. He would just stand there and like, look at the defense. And I know he's like trying to figure out what to do next, but in the meantime, the defense is caught up. Right. So it, it, it ends up hurting you a lot. So they have to make the shot and they have to be better at the swing, swing out of the double team. Um, yeah, that was, that was a lot of word salad, but my concern is, is moderate, I guess is the short answer. Austin, how are you feeling? Yeah, I think just to your point, they need a little bit more of that old adage that ball ball movement creates energy because they're a little slow sometimes with that. And mm-hmm. I think if they were to whip mm-hmm. it around a little bit more out of the double team, I think they'd get a lot of dunks out of it, quite frankly, because they could move it around. They could get a back cutter there. Um, you know, I, I, if I, at one out of 10, we'll call it a, we'll call it a four. Like it's definitely worrisome. Like it's, it's happened a bunch now. But we've seen what it could look like good in a, in, a, in a state that's good. You know, the the Washington game with, you know, Gonzaga, they look good. They're getting off to hot starts. Remember, what year was it? Was it last year they couldn't get off to a hot start? And then they'd bring – yeah, it was because Jaden and AG would come off the bench. They would, like, hold on for dear life with the starters because they couldn't score. And then AG and Ladie would come in, and that would kind of loosen it up, and they'd get into the rotations. That is not the problem this year. This year they're getting off to hot starts, and it's just about – sustain you know sustaining them for sure um interestingly Jaden ladie is now the he is tied for the third best three-point shooter on the team so you have pal at 43 percent then you got reese at 37.3 percent and then micah parish who was at 48 percent at one point and Jaden ladie are both at 36.4 percent so you know if you would have told me at the beginning of the year Jaden ladie is the third best three-point shooter on your team a, I would have been super surprised, and B, I'd have been like, okay, nobody's making any shots, and they definitely hit a little bit of a cold streak here. But you know, it's a season of runs. They'll, I think they'll find their way. I mean, Reese Reese has definitely been injured. Micah had a massive calf wrap on his on one of his legs last. Night. I think it was his right leg, and then Darian, which I mean, the poor guy. I mean, he's just been the shoulder, then the leg, and then the sick like. He's got that dog in him. I know you know it, Trone. So he'll they'll find their way. And this team is still, you know, we're like nitpicking on things. They're still 15 and three in G- on yep. January 18th. And this team yep. always ascends. So, and the defense is coming around. So I think, I think I'm okay. I just, it's just like every time it's, it's like in football, like pre Sean Lewis, we've talked about this before too. It's just like, we're there this year is going to be different. And then it seemed like it was going to be different. And now we're back to, you know, long, long drought stretches, but that's also could just be part of the mountain West too, right? Like they just kind of know, you know, they just know what they're doing. So, all right, well, let's put that one to bed. Essex still won by double digits. This has still been, it's still a good win. I think this was pretty nitpicky, but valid nitpicks from yeah. what, we're, what we're looking at. Yeah. Um, quick metrics update. They're 20th in the net, 21st in Ken Palm. If you go on Bracket Matrix, which aggregates all of the top bracketologists, they're a five seed right now. They're the last five seed. They got they're at Boise. The Essex are at Boise on Saturday. 
Uh, Big Boy CBS once again, 10 a.m. local time, 11 a.m. Trones time. I believe there's a watch party at Dirty Birds is the one thing I've seen. That's Mesa. I'm not, I haven't fully seen an official thing on any kind of watch parties, but I will blast them out, obviously, as as they come, as they become public. Um, Patron, we always start with, we want to end on positive. So let's, let's start on the other side. What makes you nervous about the matchup against Boise? Nervous would be, uh, I mean, I, a number of things really. The the first off is just just playing on the road, and on top of the road, it's it's the road at elevation. Um, Boise State, I think, has won four of the last five against San Diego State. Is that still a thing? I think that's a thing. So they've they've done really well, uh, and Boise is going to be you know, looking to redeem themselves the way the Aztecs just did. Cause they just lost a tough one to UNLV at home. And while no team, at least in the current iteration of the mountain West has ever gone undefeated at home through the conference season, it's a year that going undefeated at home is going to be just about like required to win a championship. I think not in a literal sense, but like if you lose a single game at home and now all of a sudden you're way set back until somebody else loses a game at home. So they're going to be looking to, to get back on the right, on the right track there. Uh, They're going to be, they're going to be highly motivated and they have some good players. They have, they have, they have four really good players is what I'm going to say. And so that, that makes me nervous. Yeah, I mean, the road thing is, it's just treacherous. Uh, they have a good team. They have a great coach. Big fan of their coach. They had extra time to prep. They just lost you know, the yep. at home when everybody's got to hold home court. Those are all things, those are all headwinds for the Aztecs. I think if you're looking at, if I'm looking at the, the metrics here, another thing that makes me nervous is the fact that Boise creates ball stickiness. So what I mean by that is Boise gives up um, they're 39th in the country of an assist to field goals made at 44.5%. So like the, their opponents don't get a ton of assists. So they're really good at kind of forcing those ISOs. And on the other side of that, the Aztecs don't get a ton of assists. They're 212th in the country in assist to field goal made ratio. So when we were just talking about ball finding energy and whipping it around, that's something the Aztecs haven't been great at this season. And it's something that Boise does a really good job of forcing isolations. So that makes me a little bit nervous. Um, you know, I think, you know, Omar Stanley, I mean, that that's, that's going to be a tough matchup on defense for us um, where his offensive rating is at 120.5. You know, that's, you know, who's going to guard him there. Is that going to be Micah? Is that going to be Elijah Saunders? I mean, I'm sure it'll be a mix and match of everything. Um but it's but on the flip side, I'll flip to the flip side here. Why am I optimistic? You know, mm-hmm. from a defensive standpoint, the Aztecs and Bo- so the Aztecs and Boise are about the same on defense. Boise is twenty sixth in the country in Ken Palm, San Diego State's twentieth. That's roughly that's point six different in adjusted efficiency. But the Aztecs are a solid ninety spots higher in Ken Palm on the offensive side of the ball. So if they can play their game, get baskets get to the foul line as they can take the crowd out of it. If they can get a couple calls early, you know, if they can get, if they can get digging hard into a little bit of foul trouble, trying to guard Jaden, they can get one of their guys into, you know, a little bit of foul trouble, make Jace White and come off the bench for Max Rice, something like that that takes the crowd out of it. 
Um, I think that will be advantageous for the Aztecs offense where they are superior. Um, and I just think that, I mean, that's the biggest thing is if they, and if they give, and they give up a decent amount of free throws as well. So Boise gives up, what is it here? They give up 200 they're 203rd and free throw attempts per field goal attempts. So, you know, they give up a ton of free throws, which is, which is good for the Aztecs because they want to get to the line. So there, there's plenty to like there, there's, but there are a lot of headwinds and that, that makes me nervous just on all of the tangible mental things. Right. So Sean, what makes you optimistic going in this one? Optimistic would be, uh, I mean, hopefully the Aztecs are, are feeling good after a win and kind of redeeming themselves. And hopefully they can come in with, with a little bit of swagger and, and keep their composure, uh, more, more tangible things. Boise, I said Boise has four really good players and that makes me nervous, but on the flip side, Boise only has four really good players and that's, that's about it. They have one of the shortest benches in the nation. Um, they're, they're 301st in, in bench minutes. Roddy Anderson, to be fair, has been playing better lately, but when I look at, at like my composite metric that I do, he's been one of the worst players over the course of the season in the entire conference. That's who they have starting at point guard. Uh, and outside of their other starters, right? You got Max Rice, you got Ogbo, you got Degan Hart, and you got Stanley. Outside of those guys, they don't have a lot of depth. And so if if the Aztecs can get a little lucky and, and draw a couple early fouls on somebody, like you said, Degan Hart or Stanley or whoever, and force Boise State to play their depth that that Coach Leon Rice doesn't want to play, then the Aztecs might might be able to to pull one off here. I keep wanting to say pull off an upset because to me it would be, but Ken Palm has the Aztecs favored by a point, so maybe it's not. But yeah, I think I think the the depth could be an issue for for Boise State. I think it's BJ Reigns, I want to say is like the the beat writer for Boise State and he just did a piece recently about how the team just lacks depth and and Rice pretty much plays he has like a seven and a half man rotation and and those two and a half guys don't get a whole lot of time regardless. And so that those aspects are encouraging. Um one last thing was I I watched I didn't watch very much of the UNLV game but I watched most of the second half of them playing Nevada and Nevada was able to bother Boise state a bit with their press defense. And so hopefully the Aztecs, you're not going to want to press all game, especially not at altitude on the road, but if you can mix in a couple presses, make them burn a timeout here or there, cause an extra turnover here or there, uh, that could be the difference in, in a close game on the road. So Hopefully that's a thing. Yeah, the Roddy Anderson thing is interesting. I mean, if that's a that's a Lamont, you know, you just get him, you get him going there, and you get a couple bat, you get a couple, get on a little bit of a run, and that's when you kind of throw throw it at them and get get them a little um, agitated to where they 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 get a couple turnovers. But it's gonna be a great game. I, it's weird that it's early. I don't love that it's early. It used to be like when I was when I used to be a Chargers fan and get nervous about these ten a.m. local time games, but. You know, luckily it's only an hour difference for them. Like it's not like going to the East Coast fully, but it's going to be a good game. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think this is going to be a great matchup. I, you know, I thought this was the cream of the crop matchup going into the season. I, it hasn't quite turned mm-hmm. out that way with with Boise. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but those boys still know how to play and they've played a real schedule and they, they have some toughness to them. So I'm looking forward to it. So before we get going here, Trone, do you have anything to plug before we go? Uh, just keep, keep up with, with East village times is, is pretty much it. I'm still doing, doing the game previews, trying to do kind of a, the, the take of like a scouting report, like what the coaches would be looking at. It's still, uh, like a nerfed version because I'm not actually like a division one basketball coach. And I was talking to a couple buddies of mine that were telling me like, you should apply to be a coach somewhere. And I was like, they do so much more in depth than the little things I do, but it's fun to read. And hopefully my hope is that for those of you that have been reading, like you're starting to see or, or even more so seeing than you already were uh, stuff while you're watching the game. Like you're watching, like, Oh, they just ran a Chicago action. And you know, they just ran a split cut. Boise runs a lot of split cuts. So be ready for that. Um, stuff like that. And it's, it's stuff that makes, it helps me enjoy the game. And so hopefully it, it helps y'all enjoy the game too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just keep reading, reading Aztec breakdown makes you smarter. That's what I always say. That's what I always say on the old internet there. That's what um, you always say. Just a quick plug for the, we believe network. We're really, yep. we're starting to gain a lot of momentum. We just had our first NIL deal, which was awesome. We got Jacob tomorrow, a view from the peak. Um, where he's doing a big Mountain West recap. It's been great. Tyler Purchies, who's a journalism and media studies student, he's doing recaps for us, doing a really nice job. And I have three agreed NIL deals that are ready to go, and we are producing the content, and we are hoping to see those over the next couple weeks. Uh, that'll be out there. Oh, we had our first coaches show too, so if you're subscribed, go check it out. Um, the app is really easy to use. The game chat is fun, um, and all of our money goes towards providing NIL opportunities for San Diego State student-athletes. So that's webelievenet.com. Go check it out. Um, but other than that, Tron, do you have anything else before we get going? Nope. I'm, I'm all squared away, Austin. Well, that is another episode of the Aztec Breakdown Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and go Aztecs. Go Aztecs. on the floor. It's Butler with two seconds. He's got to put it up. And he wins it. He wins it with the jumper. Sitchin's feeling it. Now he's feeling it even more. What it do, Matt Mitchell. Shackle to Flynn for the win. Coast in for the layup. Franklin with two seconds. Forces the shot. It's good. The Aztecs advance. They've won it on the shot by the player of the year. Miller, he put it behind his back. It's taken away by Butler. Love it up. Oh, it down. Big finish. Keyshawn Johnson. Now we have tasted it. We're coming back. We're coming back.